The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded November 22nd, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Danny Lage is a road warrior. He tours relentlessly with his band The Looks and is one of the few indie musicians out there able to live off their music. This feat is even more impressive considering he plays rock and roll. The genre has grown out of vogue over the past couple decades, but Danny Lage and The Looks play power pop that is simply too good to ignore. I got a chance to chat with this Sudbury native before an Edmonton stop at Grizzler Coffee during the Endless Bummer Festival. We discussed how, who, and where his new album was recorded before plowing through the rapid fire and now my interview with danny lage hey danny welcome to inside the art studio thanks for taking the time to join me today you are currently on tour supporting your most recent album entitled everything new is new again how is the road treating you so far well thanks for having me jeff the road has been really good uh we've done a lot of these tours so everything has been sort of I don't know, kind of used to doing them, so yeah. it's not uh, it's not too much trouble. And we don't we're not a band, or we're not people that think that touring is hard. And we might as well give up after the tour because this challenge <laughs> happened. That happens all the time. Yeah. And to other people, I guess we don't really look at it that way. So I mean, nothing is easy, and we sort of look at it as small business, and you don't get anything unless you kind of work and deserve it. You know. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Uh, we were talking about the road. You are a road warrior. Uh, I was curious how important uh, your rigorous touring schedule has been to the project. Well, it's been important because essentially we're a power pop band, which isn't very, uh, isn't a very, I mean, that goes maybe for all guitar rock now, nowadays, but it's not a very popular form of music. Yeah. You can look as like, as electronic music being way more popular, uh, hip hop being more popular and everything. Yeah. Rock and roll has kind of, went down and thing but it's still something that you know we love and you know we care about deeply yeah awesome does every time you head out on the road does it seem to get a little bit easier you got connections all over the place now obviously yeah it's definitely easier than when we started yeah um because we didn't know as much people but now we know a lot of people all over the all over the world really and uh, you know one person leads you to another and uh, that's been the secret really yeah yeah cool uh, so the new album came out in September. I was curious, are you calling it an album or like an EP with a couple bonus tracks? Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I think we wanted to do more songs. We had two days. So we did the whole record in two days. We uh, we were playing a festival out in St. John called, uh, what's it called? Quality Block Party. And then the next day we had to rehearse for the record, which meaning that our drummer, Victor, we had picked up in Montreal and mm-hmm. we just learned the record in one day and then we knew that we had to be good for when we got to new york city (laughs) so we got to new york city i think it was the next day we had got into the bunker of where ny head studio is um and we just tracked the record i mean this is one of those things that kind of happened on the road we had uh we were staying in detroit at one time and at our friend jeff and laura's after a gig and 
I had stayed there six or seven times and I never went downstairs and I went down he's like oh you want to see her our jam space and I was like yeah sure and then started looking in her jam space and I'm like wow there's this old like weird 60s organ with like these samplers like this this is one of the most first sampled machines ever at all times or sampler machines or whatever cool they had these weird kind of film discs in it that sort of look like records and that's how that organ would get the I forget what it's called but would get those sounds and I'm like whoa where the hell did you get that he's like well belongs to Matt Verderay and I'm like no way yeah you know because Matt has worked on some of the best records that you know some of the coolest records you know that I know of like Andre Williams records Alejandro Escovado Ronnie Spector records that kind of stuff you know and I also liked you know Speedball and Heavy Trash and all that stuff that he was in with John Spencer and whatever yeah therefore I was like whoa that's cool yeah I'm like what's it doing here and he's like well he bought it eight years ago and uh it's been here ever since. <laughs> no way. So I was like, well, I can try to bring it to him. So we fit it in the van and we hauled it through five shows. Yeah. And then when we finally got to Brooklyn, I got a call from Matt. And he's like, thank you very much for bringing it down. I was like, well, I'll be at Union Pool. Um, you know, come and get it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. So yeah. then we played our, it was our first headline set in, uh, in New York City, I guess. And, um, it went over really, really well. Like, there was all kinds of people there. Like, it, when I, mean, I don't want to name drop every rock star was there, but it was kind of like, ooh, wow. That's awesome. That's pretty crazy. And it was mo- because it was a Thanksgiving show that WFMU had done, um, it, was, uh, it was all kinds of rock stars. And then when we, uh, actually, Paul Collins played with us that night. He came on stage and played a couple songs with us, which we had known him because we had toured, him, toured with him for six weeks, a couple years earlier or something oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but, you know, we'd done North America with him, so he was like five minutes before the show. He's like, uh, hey, Danny, you think I can get on stage? It's probably because he saw a bunch of rock stars at the show or something. I don't know. But uh, but we did it, and it was super fun. And, uh, you know, when we got off stage, Matt and Rothio, Rothio, who also produced the record with Matt, um, they're together as a couple, and they're both phenomenal musicians. So she plays keyboard on the record. He plays guitar on some of the songs. Okay. And uh, whatever, they're like, we really want to make a record with you guys. And we're like, okay, cool. Because, like, I, they don't necessarily just ask anybody. It's a boutique studio. Yeah. It's sort of like, you can't just, you sort of can't really, I guess maybe you can. Depends if they like your band, they'll get back to you or something yeah, like yeah. that. But they offered it, and they cut us a pretty good deal to go over. So we went over and did the record. Like so I you said. did the record the same time you did this show? No, no this, this show was, happened this the time previous before the that. And then I said, well, okay. next time we're in town, we're going to save two days. Perfect, okay. Let's see if we can make that happen during a tour. And, and that's sort of how the whole thing started. So we were hoping the two days that we were there with, with Victor, me and, me and Jeanette and Victor, who was drumming for that tour, um, see if we can get it together and we got it together and it sounds great so yeah it, and, and it i mean really like does. this is one of those things like there's no computer insight you know it was all done on tape so you had to actually be good at performing you know and that kind of thing and we sort of just pulled it off you know i was gonna ask you about that because in the uh in the press release it kind of refers to the studio as an analog bunker yeah um and kind of mentioned that you guys switched off you know technology and just went down and, and made a record and i was wondering how much you think um kind of that switch off had an effect on the finished product uh well it definitely had an effect i mean we weren't looking at a screen the whole time yeah you know we were just looking at an old mixing board and they have all these crazy preamps and i mean these are guys that collected all this gear probably in the 90s 
him and Mick Collins. Mick Collins is from the Dirt Bombs. Yeah. They own the studio. So, like, I mean, they got these, just this amazing old gear. And basically, for a band to sound like that, I think a lot of the secrets come from actually using that old gear, you know? Yeah. Um, and for us, like, you know, when we tour, we only use old gear. It's just the way it sounds. If You know, we sort of like sounding like you know, either 60s or 70s band. Um, that's just what we like to listen listen to or, you know, that's what comes out and that's, yeah. what, make, that's what works for us anyway. So. so digitally and on CD, the album comes with a French version for Annie and for My Head. And I was curious what kind of spurred the decision to record, um, you know, French versions of these songs. Well, my grandmother, uh, I come from a family where my uh, grandfather is uh, Polish-Ukrainian. Okay. My grandmother's French. Which is like kind of a, a thing that like, you know, I find people in Canada make more of a big deal about the two languages that we use than even in America or yeah. anywhere else in Europe kind of thing. It seems like we got this huge divide between two languages. So therefore, the reasons I did it was not a political reason. Yeah. It was simple because my grandmother is 94 years old and she likes to hear songs that she can understand oh that's so, so that's sweet. basically the only reason why i did it um you know and i did it once with one more one song off one of our records word on the street which was the last song on the record and it was called cal le fou well my grandma used to always say it's a french expression saying cal les fous font rire les fins you know so i was just made to play on words cal le fou or whatever kind of thing yeah so i think the uh it, you know she's also my godmother so um the only reason I've really recorded songs in French, I think, is because my grandmother needs to hear them. That's so great. That's basically, <laughs> that's basically the reason. So if anybody like, you know, wants to say, oh, he did that because of this and that and that, yeah, well, whatever. You haven't met my grandmother, so <laughs> eat it. That is the best answer I could have ever hoped for for that question. Um, one last thing about the new album, the cover art. Uh, you look at it, you're imme- immediately reminded of Archie Comics. Uh, just kind of assume that it's kind of a borrowed style, but uh, digging a little deeper, you actually did get Dan Parent to design the artwork. How well, did yeah, this happen? Yeah, and I understand why people do that, because lots of people copy art and do all that kind of stuff, especially in the digital age, which is an easier thing to do. But no, we had... Jeanette knew Dan online for for a bit, and we had asked him a couple of years ago to do the to do the album cover, and then you know whatever he said, you know he likes the band and whatever. So then when it came to do this one, we we're like, okay, well maybe we should go with Dan. I mean, it's kind of weird. Like most people probably would have went with a record at first, but I didn't think it fit. So I was like, yeah. okay, maybe we'll wait another record. So we kind of just didn't ask him. Hopefully, he'd still want to do it. <laughs> like literally, maybe three years later or yeah. whatever and uh but no he wanted to do it and uh you know lots of people come to the shows and are just like oh it looks a lot like archie i'm like well yeah there's a reason for that <laughs> it's uh, the guy from archie who did it yeah so. that's but awesome. basically you know like Jeanette likes to say in the band she's just like you know we just asked him yeah and you know he happened to like the band and that's usually how these things work right yeah and yeah so it worked out for both parties don't ask don't get yeah exactly yeah. uh one last question before we jump into the rapid fire yeah is there anything noteworthy coming up in 2020 for for the band yeah tons tons anything you can talk about i guess well we got a record in the can if that means anything nice and but we can't really announce some stuff just because it's just not ready to be that's announced. fair yeah and you know that's just how we do things yeah and fair to say more endless touring then Oh, yeah, you'll see us around probably all over the world. So, 
All right, Danny, it's time to jump into the rapid fire. Uh, first question is, what album sparked your love of music? Uh, that's a very easy answer. There was this uh, cassette tape that we were... I always tell this story, and I think every interview has been asked. I've told this story. <laughs> but um, we were... I, I'm from originally from a place called Kirkland Lake, Ontario. It's about six hours north of Toronto, Ontario. And we used to go skiing with the family. And as we're going to Mont Canada or Raven Mountain, I'm not sure which one, we stopped in Larder Lake. And my dad came out with, you know, out of those, like, there used to be these things when there was, like, when people actually bought music out of stores <laughs> and they were kind of available <laughs> everywhere. I think you can sort of see, like, CD things in truck stops or whatever still. But yeah. you spin them around, the carousel you know, thing, yeah. but the, that was just cassettes. So my dad came out with, like, this, this cassette that's, like, the Beatles Rock and Roll Volume 1. Yeah. Um, which was all like a goodies of their old stuff and I think I was nine years old and that was the most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life yeah. so then after that I wanted to be in a band so I think the year after I got a Sears acoustic or something like that that my parents got me and I just sort of started learning how to play from there so. awesome uh, what's your current musical obsession? I don't know. I'm a big Guided by Voices fan. I've been very excited about their newer releases. It's really fascinating to me that someone can be 62 years old and putting out some of the best output that he's put out in his career yeah. now. And, you know, that's pretty amazing and inspiring to see happening. Um, but, I mean, you know, I listen to everything. So, and I have a, you know, pretty big record collection, I guess you can put it that way. So... I have a lot of taste. I guess most of what I listen to is like, I don't know, I listen to a lot of soul music. That's one of the things that I listen to the most. And when I DJ, it's mostly soul music or like freak beat and garage rock and punk Sweet. and that kind of thing. Lots of mod stuff, you know, Yeah, that kind of thing. Right on. Uh, burgers or pizza? Uh, Beyond Burgers. Ah, Beyond Burgers. Yeah, it's been, you know, I'm a vegetarian, so it's been... Uh, it's been kind of a blessing to have this whole like beyond impossible kind of thing. Yeah. Not that you should eat fast food because even if you eat your burger and it's fast food burger, it doesn't mean it's better, but it just means that I can eat it. Yeah. So maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll go with that for today. Right on. Pizza, you know, I could always get a veggie pizza somewhere. So the burger thing's new and exciting. Uh, coffee or tea? Uh, definitely coffee. How do you take it? In my veins through a tube. <laughs> What's the best movie you've seen recently? Can I change it to a series? Yeah, totally. Okay. We were on tour in the United States and everybody kept talking about like the PBS series by Ken Burns, the country music one. So therefore I found a link for it when I got back on a two week break and uh, I watched it. Just crushed I, it? I loved it. Yeah. It was, it's so amazing. So not movie, but TV series. Um, I binge watch Ken Burns country music thing and I think everybody should because it also takes a lot of like the airs that people like think they know about country music like you know oh a bunch of rednecks blah, blah. you know if you actually look in the history of it it's not about that it's actually there's no racism involved all races are in in it and if you have that kind of small mind about like country music sucks and whatever you suck <laughs> Very well put. I'm a I yeah. I love country music. I grew oh, it's up great. with it. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, alcohol or marijuana? I mean, you know, if you can do both in positive aspects, then do both. If you don't like to drink and don't want to drink and are a jerk when you do, then don't. Um, they both release different things. I think if you can do those in a positive aspect, I personally use marijuana to go to sleep. Um, and I drink to have a good time a lot of the time. So I don't know. It's right just on. whatever uh, whatever uh, turns your crank or whatever you want to say. You know? 
What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? Ooh. I don't know. We played a show in Ottawa like years ago, and um, it was the same night as a red black season opener, like their football team or whatever. And, and the wrong crowd showed up. Like, you know, <laughs> we're doing a, like a release party, and it's all like these, you know, record nerds and indie kids and whatever, you know, not a sports crowd. And then a couple of footballers came in they started putting their legs on the monitor and you can see the crowd kind of just make a circle around them because yeah. they were just kind of ruining the party uh, yeah. and uh you know and then we have this song called defending champion and i remember you know the songs about confrontation you know to them if i'm singing it to them so i just looked at them at, at before starting the song and i sort of just said um you know you got to calm down there buddy you know like maybe just take it easy a bit and tone it down a bit and, he's, and he got mad at me so I started playing this song but the lyrics are very confrontational because you know I, I use the analogy of boxing and all this kind of stuff um, really the song is just about someone dealing with their addiction mm. but he thought it was about me wanting to fight him so he got <laughs> mad and then he grabbed his like I think it was a gin and tonic or vodka soda and he threw it at me and boom then I sort of had to stop the show and I was like called for security and they got him and you know just seen him being th- you know carried by security and there's like this big guy out of the room it just felt good <laughs> so that was a pretty good moment you know uh what was your favorite childhood toy mm, it's hard to say probably like a mini stick i used to play hockey and we used to go to these tournaments and uh we used to like take over the hallways of the hotel room with everybody on the yep. team and we play mini stick hockey until <laughs> you get in trouble so you got a bunch of rug burns and everything and yeah until like you know our parents would almost get kicked out of the hotel room and then and then i don't know that was fun you know? very canadian experience yeah right exactly yeah. You know, my first hero was wayne gretzky so it's nice to be in edmonton um i think i know the answer to this because you're on the road so much but how many pets do you have and what are their names Zero. Zero is what I zero was expecting. Zero and their names are like <laughs> Charlie and Alfred. Um, but no, zero, but it's not responsible for me to have yeah. an animal. So, But I love everybody's animals. You can actually surf through our Instagram and you'll find all kinds of pics of us with animals. We call our road animals. Nice. Uh, what's the strangest job you've ever had? Wow, I've had like all kinds of strange jobs. Very strange ones. One of them, I was in a warehouse and I thought that I was like actually getting a job packing stuff in a warehouse, but then it ended up being something where I'd be selling speakers out of a white van. <laughs> a little sketchy? Of not there was nothing sketchy about it because there was actually no scam. They just the story makes people think that it's a scam so Definitely. they can get a deal, right? <laughs> but really there's nothing scammy about it. So but it was just weird. Like, you know, like they're like they're like, Oh yeah, well we like musicians and blah blah and then like you know, you'd be down in the warehouse and it'd be like, you know, after the day of like you trying to sell speakers to people, you'd come back to the garage sort of thing that they had and they would like play guitar and like you know oh let's jam and then it'd be like all these like bro tunes that i didn't really like <laughs> and whatever it sucked yeah yeah <laughs> who is your favorite superhero batman because Jeanette tells me so much about him <laughs> what's the best canadian city to play uh i mean they're all good uh which one do you always have circled on the roster you're excited to, to roll into town? 
I like Vancouver because it's so far. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, we're finally here. Name some bands or artists from your hometown that everybody should check out. My hometown? Hometown. Well, do you want to do Sudbury or do you want to do Montreal? It's up to you. Uh, let's do Sudbury because I'm staying there now. Um, you should check out Tommy Nakami's uh, VA Pets. You know, I mean, there's lots of people that I probably can't think of, but definitely chart, start there. Yeah. Um, also strange attractor is from there oh there's a there's this band i recorded there that i think are really great um like a girl they're cool okay what was your first car it was a sprint one of those red little sprints it's kind of like a metro okay yeah yeah it was yeah. a lemon yeah i bought it off this lady and i thought it'd be pretty good i remember i paid 1200 dollars for it and it died like every two weeks. I oh, remember we went no. to a show from Kirkland Lake, Ontario to New Liskard, which was 45 minutes. It took us six hours to get there. The vent, the car broke. We had to go back to Kirkland. My dad came and picked us up with a trailer. Then we borrowed a hairdresser's car to, to, oh, to get down to the show. Yeah, it's brutal car. Uh, if you could open for any artist on the planet, who would it be? I don't know. Someone like awesome like Ringo. He just seems like he'd be fun to like hang out with. Sweet. If we'd ever got to meet him, if we opened for him. <laughs> Give me one of your bucket list items. Bucket list items? I don't know. Maybe Massey Hall or something. Ooh, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be very Everybody cool. Yeah. should probably have a Massey Hall show if they're Canadian or something. So. Uh, okay. You've been on the road a long time. This yeah. should be an easy one. What's your favorite road trip album? It's not an easy one because there's lots of them. But I'll tell you what I've been listening to um, that's been a really good... Uh, road album for me on this tour um, was John Prine's latest record. Um, I forget the name of it now, but it's really good. Um, I've been enjoying that, um, and also a lot of Bob Seger. Nice or not? Some Seger. We yeah. had yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Bob Seger is like incredible, and we were driving through Michigan, like we like to call it, but it's Michigan. And one day, and it just clicked. Like there's Bob Seger on the radio, and I'm like, I, you know what? I want to learn more about Bob Seger. And then, then I, you know, started listening to like the first one with the Silver Bullet Band. Yeah. That one's like straight to finish a great record. It has like all these wicked party endings, you know, which I call party endings. It's like you think the song's going to end, then the party keeps going. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I love that stuff. Like songs like Sunspot Baby, you know, like, yeah. you know, and with lines like, they got the fire down below. It's so cool. Like, you know, and that guy's not afraid to be who he is, right? Which is kind of inspiring. And some people will be like, oh, he's some kind of bro dog. Right? Nah, you know what? His songs are better than most people's. Uh, so therefore, yeah. you know, if you're going to critique something like that, make sure that you can back it up. <laughs> okay, I think uh, I think I got one last question here What's for you. What's the best Canadian rock and roll band ever? Teenage oh. Head. <laughs> the, the best, Not the, the Gruesomes? Best, the best, no, well, the Gruesomes are great, but, uh, you know, I don't know. The best Canadian rock and roll record of all time is Frantic City by Teenage Head. And the best... Canadian punk record of all time is the self-titled record. I was going to say the self-titled Teenage Head is by far the best Teenage Head record, in uh, my opinion. Frantic City's a masterpiece. Uh, well, we can agree to disagree. I do like Frantic City, though. I got them both. Two different records. One's a punk They're record, totally different. one's a rock yeah. and roll record. Yeah. You know? Man, we could just talk about Canadian music. That that slow reissue. I'd never heard of slow until they reissued that oh, record. Oh, yeah. That's a cool band. That was a really cool band. Yeah. Uh, I got one last question. Yeah. If you could hang out with one of your musical idols, would you? Yeah. Yeah? 
would you want to know who or yeah yeah oh who would i well no with? first off the, the first part of the question is would you because I, a lot of people would say no to that well, but i mean some people are <clears throat> give you a different light than what you'd expect yeah um but yeah like why not like i, I love to hang out with anybody that i am inspired by and hopefully learn something from them you know i think a lot of these people like especially nowadays where people like to you know critique everyone out of nowhere and yeah. figure they know something about someone when they don't yeah. and you know and people like to be you know huge keyboard warriors and think they know everything for some reason when they're they can't even form that sentence or know what they're talking about um i don't know i think i'd like to learn on the person if he's good or bad or whatever so yeah of course yeah. there's something to learn there like i mean and hard reality is maybe they're not happy to be around people anymore yeah. i get that <laughs> yeah you know? yeah fair enough yeah Right on, Danny. Well, the way we usually finish this off yep. is with uh, one of your songs. Is there one off the new record that you'd like us to play? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Hole for Love. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that one. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on Inside the Art Studio. Thank you so much for having me. I hope the rest of the tour goes well. It will. All right. Thank <laughs> right you. On, bye. Okay, bye.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from Danny Lage. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.